Ving from Plugkit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 582 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, December 13th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Sadia wants a piece of Apple's pie. The whole government wants Facebook in pieces, and Disney has a whole lot of new content on the horizon. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, or on our website, plugkitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is you can join us live Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can always subscribe at plugkitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plugkits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, find all of the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. So, Abram, how are you doing? Oh, not bad. I feel like the week just really flew by and I didn't get to accomplish a ton. Um, but uh, we, uh, I am going to have a lot of projects coming uh, that I will flash because my son and I have been spending a lot of time on it. And then he just got some Hanukkah presents yesterday that are robot kits for us to build. So like, here's the first one we've been working on. This is a robot tank. It is uh, called the Yaboom G1 robot tank. Uh, it has been a challenge. We had to, my wife had to help us get the treads on the wheels here. Cause they were like not catching or whatever lining up. Uh, so we haven't finished it yet, but when this is done, it'll be powered by a Raspberry Pi and it will have a, a camera mount on top and it will be able to do AI. So it will be able to do object recognition and it also will have a distance sensor. Um, so it'll have a, it'll have a lot of cool stuff. Nice. Um, so we're, we're excited to finish this and then we have um, we have a bunch of we have a a car kit uh, that we're building in the same vein, and then we have coming soon. We have a bunch of other uh, little kits. One that's like a squ uh, scrolling um, scrolling LED. One that's like an RGB light that you control by Raspberry Pi. Um, he doesn't know it yet, but he's getting. Um, when it comes, he's getting a, a glove that makes the plays music, depending on how you like that one is micro bit powered that, you know, um, that like it's, you, so you attach like alligator clips to the micro bit and then the, each finger, I guess, plays different tones or whatever. When you do this. Interesting. Um, so, um, so, you know, we're trying, a, a bunch, we're trying a bunch of cool stuff and that's not even to mention the progress we've been making on our LED matrix, LED matrix games right. where we've been working, working it uh, pretty much every night to like uh, build out a platform or game that you can play on an LED matrix. And 
Um, I can't, so, I can't anyway. wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we made some progress on it. We have to expand the way the pixel pixels display. Cause we had it on a really tiny 16 by 16, uh, display. And now we're trying to make it fit on a 64 by 30, 32 mm. matrix. And then we have coming in the mail at some point, a 64 by 64 matrix. So, um, so anyway, well, trying to figure out how to make the game scale, but at some point certainly makes it sound like we're talking uh, one of the Chinese sites. Yes, yes, <laughs> I ordered it from AliExpress. It was so, either that or BangGood. The <laughs> yeah, I found that Ali for I'm sure ever I don't know how many people in the audience are wanting to order LED matrices, but I found that AliExpress is much better for. LED matrices than, than bank good. Gotcha. In terms of having a selection and price. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it definitely depends on the product you're looking for between those two, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just before, because I've spent so much time looking at Banggood, although I don't think I've ordered anything from Banggood yet. Uh, for those not familiar, Banggood, AliExpress, and Gearbest, I think, are probably the three most most well-known yeah. sites that sell like just a lot of electronics that are come straight from straight from Shenzhen, China mm-hmm. or, um, and are kind of no name brand, but can be really, uh, inexpensive depending on what you're looking for. You just so have things to, like an LED matrix. You just have to wait six to eight weeks for delivery. 50. Yeah. Things like an LED matrix that would be like $50 here would be like $15 there. Right. Um, and the shipping is not expensive, but you know it might take a month to get to get to you, um, and there's no great quality guarantee. So you know I wouldn't buy anything too expensive there, but yeah, um, that kind of thing. Or I ordered a a screen LED screen hat, like a a screen for my Raspberry Pi, and more normally screen hats like this are like twenty five thirty bucks, and this was six dollars. So you know. On the other hand, it's a risk. Like maybe it's not going to be that good. Right. I'm taking the gamble. I uh, I, I ordered these little battery powered uh, Arduinos, and they were like six fifty a piece. <laughs> and, you know that. What's your exposure there? Nothing. <laughs> you know. Right. So. I wouldn't recommend like going to one of these and buying a really high end product, but they also will have stuff that you might not get here. Although true, there might be a good reason why you don't get it here. Like, you know, weird brands of smartwatch or things like that. <laughs> There's definitely that. And, uh, and all of the, uh, illegal gaming all in one devices you could ever imagine. I have, th- I have thought about doing like, buying a whole bunch of them and doing a Twitch stream where I just see if any of the games are even playable. <laughs> it, illegal all-in-one gaming machine? What, well, what do you mean? They're not licensed for any of the games that are on them. This one comes oh, with you mean like a console, emu- cons- console emulator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. like, like the but, like the Nintendo, the the NES Mini, except it's not official and none of the games are licensed. And do all of them work? No, no, they don't. Are seventeen of them the exact same game with different names? Yes, they are. 
<laughs> to be fair, I want I want to point out that I have seen I not not today or or you know I don't know if there are any there at this moment, but I've seen things like that being sold on Amazon. Oh, absolutely. And I've seen just the card being sold on Amazon too, where they sell you like a micro SD card uh, of RetroPie, which is the gaming platform people use most on Raspberry Pi, mm -hmm. and they'll say, "Oh, it has like a thousand games on it," uh, and. I, I believe it's probably true, but they're probably, but I'm sh guarantee you that, they, that, that what they're doing is not legal. Yeah, absolutely. But I've, I've so wanted, like, I thought it would be a lot of fun to just see how many of those, you know, this comes with 208 games. Great. How many of them are playable and how many would you actually play? <laughs> that seems like it would be a really fun stream because I can see throwing them. Anyway, anyway, that's. Oh, that's a whole different topic. Anyway, we've got a lot of news uh, to get down to this week, so let's do it. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, and a whole lot more, you can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students and active military, uh, and oh yeah, it's not just students, right? It's, it's students, faculty, uh, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. And you can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So um, there, there's, a, there's a pretty common thing in the uh, smartphone world and that's that that Apple revolutionized mobile by creating the 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 mobile app store they didn't create it they sure popularized it um, and and that's because in the early days of the iPhone there was no app store in fact Apple had no real intentions of allowing third-party developers to put things onto the phones uh, they encouraged developers to build web apps that would run within the mobile Safari browser. Understandable, and it's why early on people yelled at us, but I refused to use the term smartphone because the industry did not classify the iPhone as a smartphone. Because of that, it was a, it was a media phone. Well, that is the reason why jailbreaking was a thing early on because people wanted to be able to use the device for things more than an iPod touch, which is all it was uh, in the early days. It was just an iPod that could make phone calls. Uh, they even made fun of that in Parks and Rec. Um, so a number of third-party app stores were created that could be side-loaded onto a, a, a jailbroken phone, and uh, you could install apps onto your device after Apple created the App Store and allowed developers to uh, to get to phones without having to have them uh, go through the jailbreaking process, um, some of these stores, like uh, Cydia, enhanced what they could do. They added all kinds of uh, customizations to the iPhone that Apple didn't allow, such as quick access to your camera from your lock screen. Uh Lots of these features were eventually implemented into iOS uh, after organizations like Cydia put them in, um, but they were there first, and 
all of it was done unofficially, even though the ability was there in the operating system. Uh, Apple didn't want you to be able to do these things. And so that's where jailbreaking comes from. Why are we telling you this? <laughs> because Cydia, one of the original iPhone app stores, has officially sued Apple uh, for anti-competitive behavior. If this sounds familiar, it should. Uh, we, have, we have seen lots of organizations sue Apple recently over anti-competitive behavior, specifically over the inability to have third-party app stores so that uh, users are not 100% bound to Apple's rules. Um, uh, Epic Games uh, sued over this and other things. Um, uh, a couple of months back, uh, Microsoft and Facebook have both uh, complained about the policies around this. So while it the name may be a surprise to most users, the process is probably not a surprise because... We all know if you want an app on your iPhone, it has to come from test flight or, uh, or directly from Apple. And those are your only choices. So, or through, uh, an enterprise delivery system, but that's a whole different mess. Uh, but it, it's definitely an interesting move. Uh, this, this group that was basically in the shadows before, right? Because they were unofficial now coming up and saying, all right, this has got to end. What do you think, Abram? Well, I think uh, I think that this is good. I mean, I shouldn't say it's good news because we don't really know how it's going to pan out. Right. Uh, I mean, I think Apple still has a great chance of winning, uh, winning in court. But this is definitely anti-competitive behavior. So, um, I mean, by the standard that everybody else has set, I mean... They're really, I mean, I think Apple's the only one on the on iOS to really well, let's see. Did were you with Windows Phone, could you sideload? Was there any way to sideload Absolutely. apps on Windows Phone? Super easy. Microsoft almost I, mean, I don't encouraged. know what apps you would side. Microsoft side almost but. encouraged it. Uh in fact, there were there were a whole like the um like the 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 external uh, APK markets for Android, there were external uh, uh, package markets for for a Windows Phone, um, m mostly for things like uh, using the 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 technology that Microsoft had had created to take Android apps or iOS apps and convert them to Windows and Windows Phone apps that for whatever reason, never took off. Uh, people would take the APKs from the APK market for things like Pokemon Go, convert them to Windows Phone and make them available. What about WebOS? Did WebOS allow sideloading? WebOS was entirely HTML-based. Sideloading something there would have been super easy. Right. So, uh, I mean, this is probably and, the only and major... And BlackBerry. BlackBerry had a... Yeah. Uh, and Palm OS both did uh, side loads before they had stores. So they're, they were big supporters of it from the beginnings of right. their organizations. So, so is it pretty much correct to say the only major platform with this kind of lock-in is iOS? Yes, I would say so. I can't think of another one yeah. that makes it this difficult. Well, 
you can be a developer, an official developer with a, a, a device and your developer account, and it's still a challenge for you to put your own app onto a device. It's it's not yeah, entirely I mean, intuitive for that it, either. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a nightmare. Um, I mean, for for us, I mean, I wouldn't say for me because we don't really Tom's hardware. We don't really cover phones so much, and we definitely don't cover iOS, so we're good. But uh, for um, for our sister sites like Tom's Guide, they have a real t- hard time installing the battery tests, as you you well know. <laughs> yes, um, I do because you you helped them uh, and you wrote the test. Indeed, uh, but you 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 can't um, you can't easily put um, just copy the files over. It's it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and as, as someone, and if you own the phone, like. You know, well, I guess this also comes up to the to the legal question of whether you really own. I mean, you own the hardware, but do you own the software of your right, phone? Right. Do you own the ability to put software on it? Because this isn't only an anti-competitive practice; it is an anti-consumer practice. Yeah. You you own the phone, but you can't put on it what you want. Right. And it's like you know, it's the same. It's the exact same complaint that we've been seeing, and I. I saw a conversation between a couple of my convention friends um, this yeah. week on this topic, not Apple, but the other side, um, over the new Oculus uh, that requires a Facebook account to be able to do anything. You can't use the device without a Facebook account. But if Facebook in their their you know internal chaos, for whatever reason, decides that they want to ban your account or suspend your account, you get one of those those uh, 24 hour bans. What happens to your Oculus? Can you use it? If you're banned, no. If you're suspended, we don't know. None, none of that's a good idea. All of that is. I guess we could. I <laughs> guess we could find. I guess someone could beta test that by trying to get suspended. <laughs> but um, the uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's a lot of issues going on there right so i mean it's you you should own your hardware right and and of course what apple will say i mean we all know the real reason is that apple just wants to make sure they maintain control of their walled garden yes right and they want the 30 they get right they get the 30 percent, and then they also get to even if they didn't have the money, they also get to decide what is and is not a good app, mm-hmm. right? They get to decide, um, and and they never hear, oh yeah, there was a security problem or whatever, and say, oh, it was not one of our apps, right? So, I mean, the easiest thing to do to do with any user is to treat them treat them like a treat them like a toddler. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some training wheels; you can't take them off. Um, uh, well. The f- you, you can they're welded on you can take them off but it's not going to work right ever again <laughs> and, and it's a real, it and, yeah and it's a real pain yeah you can do yes. it okay. but it's you, never going to work the same again you're not supposed to be yeah. able to do it yeah i mean that's like saying you have smelted on training wheels and you can take a chainsaw and break exactly. and rip them yeah, off. Exactly. So yes, you can take off the chaining wi- training wheels, but they're they're welded on. It's going to be a challenge and it won't work again. 
Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm just opposed to anything that protects the user from themselves. Like mm -hmm. I understand maybe some people need to be protected from themselves, but I, I just find anything where it's like, Oh, you can't do this. Why? Because some person who's not smart could install a bad piece of software or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, please don't protect me from myself. Yeah. Okay. If I mess me up, then it's my fault. <laughs> I, uh, the the car that i have is a manual and uh sometimes when i'm approaching a red light i'm coming to a stop i know i'm going to be stopped for a short period sometimes i'll try and put my car with the clutch in i'll try and put it into first and it won't let me because it's moving just a little bit the first time that ever happened i shouted what is this an apple car <laughs> <laughs> Because it's exactly how I felt. It's like, I understand. I I get it. I, I understand who you're trying to protect against. That's not me. It's my car. Leave me alone. <laughs> and that's that's exactly how I feel with, with Apple products in general. And that's, so I right. just, I didn't even mean to. I just yelled, is this an Apple car? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens throughout tech. I mean, my son and I were one of the big bugs that we ran into in the game that we're working on is is like permissions problems in linux where something we wanted to do would run as regular user but if you were root you didn't have permissions which is the oddest thing because root is administrator in linux so you should be able to do anything you can do not as administrator as administrator and you should be able to do more but you can't so it's bizarre and my son was asking me why they have permissions and the only thing I could say was like, well, to protect you from yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, to those of you who are commenting on YouTube, I apologize uh, that I'm not typing back to you. But for some reason tonight, the text box is missing. Uh, so hello to, to the people in the YouTube chat who are trying to talk to us. Um, what we're talking about is um, Apple being sued over... Um, their walled garden and their inability to let other people uh, do anything with their own device, including you that you own uh, and comparing it to all kinds of other things. Uh, yeah. So what will, ha like you said early on in the topic, Avram, what will happen with this suit? Um, you know, Apple has a, a good chance of winning it. You know, uh, similar arguments in the past have been, have been thrown out in court, but, uh, since the the whole uh, court system shake up and how you can uh, file these things, they're not all being filed in a in a single district that's garbage. Uh, it's just like out. Um, there, there's a little bit more possibility, and courts seem to be more willing to hear this argument right now. Um, in general, we'll talk about. We'll talk about it a little bit more uh, in a coming topic. Uh, the courts seem more willing. The legal system as a whole seems more willing to hear uh, this argument on, on monopolistic or anti-competitive behavior right now. So it, at least we might see it make it to court. Will it, <laughs> will it do anything while it's there? I don't know. But in this case, uh, we might actually see it make it into a courtroom, which would be 
uh, I think, a step in the right direction because, like they say, it would be nice to be able to put something else on the device. I I would love a third-party store. I think an Epic, Epic Games store on iOS would be yeah. a fantastic addition uh, to the process. Yeah, yeah. It's just Apple. Apple's going to fight tooth and nail because it's yeah. their 30%. Absolutely. So... Uh, we'll we'll see where it goes over time. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus. It's available for almost all of your devices, including iOS devices, uh, and you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee all by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. So uh, this week was uh, an interesting one in the, the gaming world, <laughs> right, Avram? We saw, we saw Cyberpunk yeah. come out, which has been much anticipated, but several times delayed and uh we might we yes. might have seen the the challenge of gamer demand versus game developer uh hit kind of hard here yes so ah cyberpunk it was a big cyberpunk week for the world and at tom's hardware we did a lot of cyberpunk reporting we talked about uh, we have articles up on the on how it plays at different different settings. We have articles up on how to fix some bugs with it and on what you need to play. Uh, but let's take a step back for a minute. So Cyberpunk 2077, uh, the hottest game of the year and uh, been anticipated since I think 2014 or something. They've been working on this game. Uh, it it has Keanu Reeves in the game uh, and it takes place in a very, well, I mean, I think the name says it all, right? <laughs> it takes place in night city uh, where people are cyberpunks and the, um, and you can play it on PC where it has ray tracing. You can play it on uh, PlayStation four, PlayStation five, Xbox, one or uh, the new Xbox X, uh, Xbox X systems, and did I miss any? Can you put, can you play it on Nintendo? I, I don't good, know. Good question. I don't know. Um, but here's a little something to to keep in mind. Uh, just out today, uh, being reported by Forbes, Kotaku, and a bunch of other places. Uh, People are now getting refunds uh, for Cyberpunk because the performance was so bad on certain systems, particularly the older consoles, but even people complaining about performance on some of the newer consoles, uh, they have been calling up uh, the, the platform vendors that they bought it from the stores that they bought it from meaning uh meaning in the case of consoles sony 
Um, uh, or in the case of, at least they've documented it happening at Sony. Uh, I don't think that any of the stores or uh, Project CD Project Red, which makes the gate, which is the publisher, has have officially said that they're giving money back, giving people their money back. But um, there's lots of reports from people saying they got their money back, and not only on the console versions, but also uh, from Steam and from uh, Epic and from uh, GOG, good old gaming, which is the, uh, the I think, the, the first party store. So a lot of people are having problems running this, uh, particularly on older consoles. But if you've got a PC, I mean, I guess those who report a problem on the PC, maybe their PC is underpowered. Um, but if you've got a PC, uh, or they're just not happy with how it looks when they're at the what they're playing. Uh, we've got a bunch, we've taken the time to not only uh, look at what they tell you the system requirements are, but what based on our testing we know you need to play it well at different settings on a PC. So uh, if you want to play it at the low end of the spectrum, which is 1080p, which is let's say playing it at 1080p with low settings, you would need at least a core, a third gen Core i5 or AMD FX 8310 and at least uh, NVIDIA GTX 700 series discrete graphics. Mind you, that's really old. Um, uh, or AMD RX 470 graphics and eight gigs of RAM. So that's really, really you know old stuff. Uh, and we found that it actually is playable uh, with AM, uh, the latest AMD integrated graphics. Uh, not necessarily, not with Intel integrated graphics so far anyway. Uh, if you want to play it at 1080p with high settings, which I think starts to be pretty decent, right? Um, you can do that with a fourth generation uh, Intel Core or even a Ryzen 3 3200G which is integrated AMD graphics. Uh, we do have a recommend for that, that you get that you use discrete graphics that are at least uh, GTX 1060 or 1660, um, and that you have at least 12 gigs of RAM. Uh, if you want to step up to 2K uh, gaming, then we recommend same, you can still stick with the older processors, but you're going to need uh, 26 RTX 2060 or higher, or an RX 5700 XT or higher graphics card. Um, if you want to get all the way up to uh, 4K Ultra settings, uh, we recommend that you have a 2080 Super graphics card or higher, or one of the new RX 6800s from AMD. But those are all without ray tracing. If you want ray tracing at the highest level, 4K Ultra with ray tracing, you need, you can do it with an RTX 3080 uh, and even with an older CPU with 16 gigs of RAM. No matter what you do, uh, you know, now our minimum recommended uh our our recommended system for this if you were building a system to play cyberpunk 
would be a Core i7-10700K, RTX 3080 graphics, if you could get them, uh, uh, 32 gigs of RAM, a one terabyte SSD, and, uh, and well, we don't need to get into the motherboard and case, case here per se, but um, it would cost about $1,832. So, uh, and for a budget build, we would recommend going with a Ryzen 5 3600 CPU uh, and, and with uh, RTX 2060 graphics. Mind you, it's hard to buy all that stuff right now, but on the chance that you have some of it or can get it, uh, anyway, I certainly recommend people go to tomshardware.com and check out our system requirements. Now, um, we also have an article where we've run complete tests on Cyberpunk, and we can tell you uh, with all the different graphics, with most of the major graphics cards, how it performs at different resolutions with ray tracing on and off. So you can see really what you might get. Very cool. Uh, besides all that, something new has come up on this week, this weekend, which is that for certain AMD processors, there is a cyberpunk bug. Now this is a bug. This is not a bug that makes it unplayable, but it, it doesn't, it limits the performance uh, like it shouldn't. And it's, Kind of a funny bug, actually. I mean, funny in the sense that it's ludicrous how we're, we're people aren't people on Reddit discovered this, and they're not a hundred percent certain that this is the cause, but it seems like it. So the problem is that on certain AMD processors, it won't use all of the available system threads on the processor. So let's say you're you have a six-core, twelve-thread processor, uh, and uh, Cyberpunk even though it, it could really use them, it really could make use of them, uh, is only using, I don't know, six of the threat, half the threats. Well, what's going on there apparently is that the code that it uses is looking to see if your AMD processor is part of the bulldozer platform. I'll get to what that is in a minute. And if not, it only lets you use half of the available threads. Um, this does not apparently happen with the highest threaded and uh, new processors. So I think if it's of above 12 threads or above a certain number, actually doing the fix won't help you. It might make it worse. There is a fix, an unofficial fix from people who've kind of hacked it and um, we've tested it. And we saw in some processors, the performance improved in the game per improved 23%. So that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, but bulldozer is the AMD, what the AMD processor platform was in 2011. Oof. The, uh, that is the code name for some of those AMD, I think FX and Opteron chips that came out in 2000. I mean, I think they were still doing bulldozer for a couple of years, but you know, this is like, I guess if whatever they're using is detecting, you know, was written when Bulldozer was the latest thing. And so, oh, if you don't have the latest AMD platform, which was Bulldozer, is now called actually called Zen 3. So we're like many, many, many generations after that. Um, the, uh, if you don't, 
if you don't if you don't have what it considers the latest then it will say oh we can't give you all this all this performance or whatever uh, because it doesn't know about later stuff which is which is crazy so, this so is apparently a, there's some way th- this is this is like a, a legacy bug based on the the extreme uh development time on this game i mean it could be it could be because the game started i think being developed or was announced in 2014 so that might be why it's happening it's using some library uh and that is the theory at least on reddit fascinating as to why it's it's not getting now some things seem to it seemed to not matter um and in some cases the fix that they came up with makes it worse so uh you know read our article if you if this is a problem that you may be having if you have an amd processor and you're playing cyberpunk on your pc uh then then uh, i encourage you to check it out but uh yeah that is that is uh you know it is a very it's weird and funny which is why if you go to our site and you see a picture of a bulldozer that's why um the uh, another bug that we can't talk too explicitly about is that <laughs> is that Cyberpunk uh, apparently was showing some naughty parts of characters that it shouldn't have. Uh, but I want to take a step back for a second and say, FYI, this is a rated M for mature game. Um, I've known some people who oh, yeah. who asked who told me that they were going to get it for their children. Uh, because they saw commercials for it on TV and it had, uh, I'll use their words, John Wick in it, uh, really Keanu Reeves in it, uh, and it looked cool, and so they were going to get it for their kids. Do not get it for your kids. Um, well, I ha- I, well, I will admit that I have not played it. I know that it has very uh, explicit uh, things in it, and I don't just mean violence. Uh, I know that when you create your character, it asks you about uh, how you want to set your character's genitalia. Um, and the, uh, interestingly, yeah. It, so it, it's not even like that. That's like a minor part of the game because there's there's one particular setting for males that if you if you set it one way or the other, changes some of the things you can do in the game. Wow. So have, have you have you played it much? No. Have you played it yet? No, but I I have been fascinated by the the intricacies of of this particular weird aspect of the game that <laughs> yeah, that on first glance you're like, "Well, that's a weird aspect of character creation to even include uh let alone include right. the unbelievable intricacies that that are involved. Um, but then I was reading a whole thing about, uh, uh, one particular setting that, uh, that, that changes some of the capabilities in the game. It's what just, it's absolutely bonkers. Yes. So don't get this for your kids. Don't play it in front of your kids. I mean, the graphics and everything like, in a way, I'd kind of like to. I don't even know if I want to play the game. I may, maybe I just want to see how it turns out, because uh, it it looks like it looks really cool. It looks sort of Blade Runner esque, 
but uh yeah yeah, yeah. it you'll if you get this uh for your kids you'll be having the talk with them way before you want to or you'll have them seeing things that they shouldn't see so or you won't want them to see so uh this is very much an adult game so even though the there is a bug that makes it a little bit more adult i guess uh it was very adult it was adult enough in the first place for sure i love that the bug seems to only exist in the inventory screen which is even better because it's like a close-up of the character on that screen which just if it was going to happen that's the that's where it was going to happen uh um yeah. yeah for for me it's mostly been uh like twitch streams that i've been watching uh to get a feel for it because i knew at some point in the the near future it was going to come up in conversation and i would have to have at least a passing <laughs> knowledge on the game and i figured the topics that are going to come up i know what they are so <laughs> those are the ones i've been prepared for and this is it Huzzah. Yep. I mean, it, it is, it is definitely like, you know, the conversation, uh, you know, the, it is the, is the subject of converse of many conversations. Now it is the, it is the hot, uh, tech topic of for a while. I mean, and now that it's finally out, that is a big deal because the delays were also a big topic Yeah, they were uh, for a long time with this game. So in fact, uh, KFC made fun of them. Uh, you know, KFC had their KFC gaming Twitter where they announced that they also had a delay uh, with their KFC chicken console. Uh, oh, that was the best. So, which was kind of a joke, but uh, supposedly they had to put uh, they had gaming console that would cook a chicken or something. Whoever. Whoever has been doing marketing, at least social media marketing for for KFC, definitely learned all of the tricks of the trade from Wendy's because yeah, they've got very similar like corporate personalities on social media in a really fun way because I I I I follow Wendy's just because it's ridiculous. <laughs> you never know what's going right. to happen. Yeah, I mean I mean, the KFC has done a really good job lately of marketing themselves and making themselves kind of relevant. I mean, not only do they have that, but don't they have some kind of like romantic comedy movie with Mario Lopez as Mm -hmm. playing the Colonel? So yeah, they, they've managed to, to take an old, an old fried chicken brand and turn it into, you know, make it seem hip and cool. Uh, So good for them. Absolutely. It's pretty impressive. Um, and, uh, another warning we, we warned you don't play it in front of, or allow your kids to play it. If you have uh, epilepsy also don't play it. There is a, that's right. And I think the blinking light thing, I think there was actually that, that, yeah, that was another major story. And that I don't think they have warned people about Yeah, there's adequately a, warned people about that. There's a warning in it now. Uh, the 1.04 patch, I think, uh, added a, a warning, and I think they're working on a setting uh, to to allow people to avoid that particular issue, uh, similar to how Grounded has the setting uh, for getting rid of the spiders. Uh, obviously, this is a more what? important I, one than the spiders in Grounded, but... What, what, 
I, I, what's what, what are you talking about with spiders and grounded? Oh, grounded is a is a game. Basically, you play. Uh, they're not allowed to say this, but I am. Uh, basically, you're playing inside of the Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie. Uh, uh. And it's a it's it's really fun. I've been I've been playing uh, a couple of the early previews, and it, it's a fun game. But there's a setting to turn on and off the spiders because people. I turn the spiders off. See, I was talking with uh, Joe Minnie from the Three Thousand Brigade this week, and she's like, "Have you been playing with the spiders on or off?" I'm like, "I don't care about spiders." She goes, "Me neither." But Brian, her husband, who plays Mario. Uh, has been playing with the spiders off because apparently it's too much for him. <laughs> She's like, he saw one, that was it. Setting changed. <laughs> <laughs> the only spiders I want to see are the ones that come in, in a video game, or the one, or the only spiders I want to see anywhere are the ones that are in centipede. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Because that's very different than a than a modern gaming console ultra rendered <laughs> spider yes, that's yes. bigger than you are. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. For sure. Well, like you mentioned, there is a there's a lot of stuff on Tom's hardware on these topics right now, right? Yes. So go to our homepage and you'll see a lot of cyberpunk stuff because we know a lot of people are very interested in cyberpunk right now, and we've done a lot of performance coverage of it and coverage of the bugs and and other things. <laughs> we. We just got a comment. Spiders on, they're beneficial in the garden. <laughs> Fair enough. The garden, yes, but I don't have to look at them. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, as always, Avram, uh, thank you for for bringing this to us because you know a lot of us haven't played it and don't know the specs and what we need to make it work. Uh, so as always, thank you, and I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse and keyboard like we use here in the studio, a webcam and light for your Twitch stream, or even an entire gaming setup like the Razer Blade 15, you can find it all by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. Speaking of Razer and uh, upping your game on your mobile device, uh, one of those places where the Razer controller has been uh, commonly used has been on Android devices for uh, what used to be Project X Cloud and is currently kind of known as the Xbox Cloud Gaming Service. Um, I know I have used the controller on that, um, but... That's not available to everybody. Why? Uh, we talked about part of it at the top of the show, talking about uh, Apple and their strange policies, their refusal to allow uh, external uh, stores. And so therefore, um, the Xbox Cloud Gaming Preview has not been available to iOS devices because um, Apple doesn't get to choose every game that's available on the service, just like uh, Stadia. And so uh, what we're seeing uh, 
Microsoft announced this week that in spring 2021, we will see uh, Project X Cloud come to iOS devices through the browser exactly the same way that Google brought Stadia to iOS devices. It is ironically going back to the early days of the iPhone where they can't get the device, the, the app on the device officially, and they've been encouraged to build it in the web. Wow, is that 13 years ago. <laughs> but encouraged encouraged by Apple or just because they don't they want to avoid Apple? Uh, in, encouraged by Apple. Apple told both Google and Microsoft that the only way that it was going to happen was if they did it in the browser because they didn't have control over websites that people went to uh, that they it wouldn't be allowed in the store, but they could do it through the browser if they wanted to. So so <laughs> see, encouraged encouraged to me sounds like we'd love for you to do this and we really think the best way for you to do it would be through the web versus we we don't want you to do this but if you put it on the web we can't stop you yeah there's definitely some sarcasm in there <laughs> with encouraged yeah. um so yeah. so iphone users ipad users good news uh x cloud is coming to your device through the browser just like stadia uh, sometime in spring 2021. But there is another bigger, more surprising place that the service has not been available. And that's on Microsoft's own operating system windows. Microsoft, yes, they do a lot of things. But the thing that they are is a development tools company. They build everything else as a place to house their development tools. So Windows is one of those things. Xbox is one of those things. Azure is one of those things. Even Office is one of those things. It's all about uh, places to use their development tools. So it's very strange that they didn't use their tools on their own operating system as the initial test for xCloud, especially considering that the other side of the cloud gaming uh, platform is the ability to stream directly from your console which was initially tested on Windows and available through the Xbox One companion app, possibly dating back to Windows 8, but I believe uh, this feature uh, premiered in the Windows 10 version. Um, so it's so weird that it's not available in Windows, but good news, that spring 2021 timeframe will also bring uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming to Windows 10. It is, is it weird to you that we're just now yeah. getting it on Windows? Yes, I guess, I guess they didn't, they didn't want people, they didn't think the PC was a priority. That's, that is bizarre. Uh, oh, by the way, you mentioned before Stadia, uh, Cyberpunk plays on Stadia. Yes. And you can buy it on Stadia. And so, uh, and we've tested, we actually have an article on Tom's Hardware about, playing it on Stadia too, and it plays decently. I was so, going to say, I've actually heard uh, a lot of uh, talk about how, depending on what your computer setup is, uh, it might play better on Stadia. So, And that's that's kind yes. of the point of, of services like Stadia and Xbox Cloud Gaming is so that, you know, you could play on... Oh, I thought I had one close at hand. Uh, a a first-gen Surface Pro. 
not a surface because nothing runs on that anymore, but you know, a first gen surface pro, which at this point is eight or nine years old because the yep. eighth generations are coming. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's an old device and is a tablet. Doesn't have all the, all the video card capabilities and things of a, of a desktop, but theoretically like, you could play it there. And it's so weird that it hasn't been available uh, for for Windows, I don't know entirely what their Windows strategy is. There are obviously some questions. Will it only be Xbox console titles, um, or will they mix in some some PC titles into the system now? Uh, will the Windows Ten capability only run in the browser or is it going to be the same as as the ios implementation or is it coming to the xbox app there's there's some some questions still that i have on it but um you know the the ability to to do it at all is pretty great um because you know sometimes i i i think everybody knows i have way too many devices around (laughs) And as such, um, you know, I never quite know what's going to be with me. Is it going to be uh, my Surface Book? Is it going to be, you know, a Surface Pro or an iPad? Or, you know, what device am I going to have? I would like to be able to use it um, because I have been playing on the Xbox Cloud Gaming a lot, testing it pretty hard. And uh, I'm impressed. I've actually got an Xbox controller just for it. I mean, I think I think it's obviously having these cloud gaming services makes makes life a lot easier for people who don't have the most powerful PC. Uh, they're not they're not perfect, uh, but they are they are a nice they are a really nice uh, tool in your gaming toolkit, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, I mean, they won't if you had a high end gaming PC, they will not that will still give you better performance and more special effects. But uh, you're, I mean, this is going to give you, this gives you a a lot of capability and Mm -hmm. also to, to play games that you can't play on PC. Right. Right. Yeah. Console only lets you play Xbox. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll tell you, so that's, I'll tell you the ability to essentially take, my Xbox, my physical Xbox with me without having to take it with me is another really cool feature uh, of of the overall platform that I really enjoy. Even if you're not playing from, you know, the the service, if you're just an Xbox Live user, you know, you don't have Game Pass Ultimate, right? And But you've got an Xbox One, you can still stream your console to your phone, to your tablet. Uh, that's a really cool capability as well that I have done a number of times, which allows you to take a game like Portal with you, which is not available. That's the game that I played when I took it with me. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we in, in, in the old days when we used to do a lot of like anime and comic book conventions um, for the show, we actually used to take an Xbox with us to the hotels. Uh, for for downtime and stuff, we stopped when we didn't have downtime anymore. When people started to know who we were, um, but uh, you know, we'd take a physical console with us, and you don't have to do that anymore. You can leave it behind and and uh, 
hook up a, a laptop or something that you've already got to your TV and play it that way. Except it wasn't available on the laptops. Coming soon, though. Huzzah. <laughs> lots, of, lots of benefits that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by riff tracks, make fun of movies, or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. And to find out about all of the full-length features, the short films, TV episodes, and live events that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash rifftracks with an X. A couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, that the Federal Trade Commission had filed an antitrust suit against Google. Earlier in the show, we talked about uh, a monopolistic or anti-competitive suit against Apple. And um, now we have the Federal Trade Commission filing an antitrust suit against Facebook. Um, The big difference here, uh, specifically the difference between the Google suit and the Facebook suit, is that with Google, until this week... um, the, the support was limited on the suit and uh, limited mostly to uh, states that had uh, Republican governors or attorneys general. The Facebook suit does not fall into that category at all. In fact, uh, there are two suits, one from the Federal Trade Commission and one from 47 of the 50 states. Uh, so if you're... If you're looking for, apparently, the one and only bipartisan topic in the country, it's that everybody hates Facebook. (laughs) You are muted, my friend. I was going to say, this is the the one issue to bring America together, right? Yeah. I mean, all we need to do to bring America together is... Uh, to have everybody say how much they hate Facebook. Yeah, the uh, the 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 unifier is is not uh, Biden Harris. It is apparently the Federal Trade Commission and all of the states going. We hate Facebook <laughs> because forty seven out of fifty states. The idea of being able to bring, I don't know, New York and Florida together. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, Which. Which states not did not sign on? I, I didn't look at the full list. Uh, I want to know what the three that are missing are. I'm assuming that that both of our states are in the mix. <laughs> uh, well, I well, you said New York. Our, our Attorney General uh, Letitia is Letitia James, the one who filed the suit. So, right. Yeah. Yes, New York definitely. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, the face of the suit. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I the assume face of the Facebook suit. Yes, I assume that that Florida is in the mix because uh, uh, DeSantis has been very open about his distrust of Facebook. Um, but this is going to be interesting. The fact that there are two separate suits um, is obviously going to add a little bit of oddity to the mix because both groups are looking for something different. The states 
are specifically looking for approval on uh, future purchases of more than, I think it was $20 million, which in the general uh, $10 million, <laughs> it's not even 20 it's $10 million. $10 million is way below what Facebook has ever paid for anything uh, in an acquisition. Um, so this basically says we want, per we want approval over any Facebook acquisitions. Um, the federal trade commission is saying that they essentially want to break Facebook into at least three camps, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, and possibly past that. Um, but they believe that those two acquisitions were done without proper, uh, government, uh, oversight. It was done during a time period. First of all, the Instagram purchase was done during a time period where Facebook wasn't allowed to make uh, acquisitions at all, and they did. Um, so, but wasn't it the government's job at the time to prevent, to approve the merger? Yes. The Federal Trade Commission uh, and the SEC at the time uh, were being very lax on Facebook, um, mostly ignoring anything that they were doing. Uh, the, the, the Instagram purchase was done in 2012 and Facebook could get away with almost get away with murder at the time, uh, which is how we ended up in the predicament of Cambridge Analytica in 2016, because Facebook believed they could get away with anything. Um, and so, uh, the SEC should not have allowed it because they were in their dark period before their IPO. Uh, they literally legally were not allowed to make any purchases larger than a certain amount. And the Instagram purchase was like, I don't remember the exact story because it was so long ago, but it was like 22 times more than what the maximum purchase was during their dark period or something. So the SEC should have stepped on it and they didn't. Uh, the FTC should have stepped on it and they didn't. Both of them let it go through. Um, and so now they're having buyer's remorse. <laughs> And and they're saying that these that these acquisitions were a problem, partially because of new information. Right in 2012, the behaviors were a little different than they are now uh, because the whole basis of of both of these suits is that uh, Facebook goes out of their way to squash competition through intimidation and acquisition. Um, the Facebook is far from the only company to do this because the other topic that I considered for the show tonight was that Twitter had purchased a service uh, that they were shutting down, <laughs> which is exactly what they're complaining about with Facebook. Facebook either purchases uh, services and shuts them down the day they make the purchase, which happens a lot. We, we used to cover more of them, but it became such a, a common thing, sometimes two or three a week that, we just would have been Facebook watch, which is what they call their videos. Uh, and, um, or they purchase them because they are either directly competitive or a direct competitor is looking at purchasing them. That's what happened with Instagram. Uh, Twitter had made a silent offer. Facebook found out about it and Mark Zuckerberg went around the board of directors to make the purchase. Uh, so, so many problems there, but, um, so obviously whatever happens here uh, is going to take a very long time. I mean, we're what we're 11 years into the 
Oracle Google lawsuit, and that's so much less complicated than what we're talking about here. Um, this is way more in the realm of the FTC versus Microsoft of the 90s, uh, that it will take forever. It will be the story. Uh, we will, I promise, I promise we will not cover it as the only topic every week, like everybody else is going to try and do. We, we will still. We will still vary our topics like we always have, um, but it will be OJ style top story for a very long time. Uh, you won't be able to get away from it, um, but it is going to take a very long time to go. Uh, I don't think we're going to see anything of this happen for a while. Um, no, it, and it's going to take a long time before. What is the last starts. time? I don't really think that. I don't know. I'm, I'm really skeptical about things like this actually having an impact uh, because when is the last time that the federal government or state governments broke up a major company? Uh, eight, was that AT&T in 1984 or something, the 80s? That was probably the last the, major one. Uh, although uh, Microsoft was on the verge if uh, if Apple had gone out of business in the 90s. That was the only thing that saved them was uh, investment into Apple. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because I think that uh, in general, uh, I mean, the political landscape for most companies is that uh, either one side or the other doesn't want to, you know, break them up. Uh, and so this is not something that we are, we are going, that I think we... Are likely to see, but um, but I, as we said, this is one. This is a company that is bipartisanly disliked. So, it, so it is possible that they are an exception. I I mean, a lot of companies engage in anti-competitive behavior. Yeah, uh, it's mean, our second topic tonight. <laughs> yeah, a lot of companies behave in anti-competitive behavior. Um, enforcing antitrust is uh, something that uh, people talk about a lot, but doesn't usually result in much. Uh, EU, uh, the EU is more stringent mm -hmm. uh, than the U.S. about these sorts of things. Uh, so I, I don't hold out. I mean, I don't hold out a lot of uh, um, hope for this lawsuit. Honestly, I think. Uh, I mean, I think it, it is. Um, you know, a flavor du jour to be mad at, at Facebook. Although the reasons why people are mad at the reasons why I think people are mad at Facebook actually aren't due to anti-competitive aren't due. No. Uh, most of the people who are mad at Facebook are mad at it. They're mad at it because of their content policies Yes, on facebook.com. Not really uh, the fact that they bought WhatsApp and Instagram. Yeah. I think that this would be more punitive uh, for other yes, things. I mean, so, so, so if they're trying to punish them in this way, I mean, it has to, I, I'm sorry, but this should be on the merits, right? Like it yeah. either, uh, I mean, now what, what this really does raise is the fact that they've become such a dominant force in social networking and people using them. And, you know, there were other companies that had made attempts to challenge them and kind of gave up. Uh, Google had Google Plus, which personally I liked. Uh, you know, 
there's i mean there there is a lot of room for somebody else to come in and make a social network but obviously you'd have to get the cool people to come there but facebook has become really uncool so i i whereas twitter is still still kind of cool in a way like the kids use it or whatever facebook has become a you know a middle age and oh, an old people site and i say that as someone who unfortunately uses it quite a bit yeah um the uh so so like you know i can totally see i mean that's i mean in a sense TikTok is that right uh but i can totally see something that is more uh diary style like facebook uh coming along and beating facebook of course uh, i also think if somebody would just create some kind of, I mean, I think there've been a couple of lame attempts, uh, create some kind of like open source or open, uh, open, uh, social networks or like the Wikipedia Mm -hmm. of social networks. I think, I think that would have, uh, that would have a shot. Something, something like parlor without the weird overtones. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, you know, there, I think, obviously, what you'd be looking for from is something that was more uh, decentralized. I think Parler, obviously, is, is a business that people own. Yeah, uh, true. Whereas, I guess you'd be looking to make it more like a, non- a non-profit like Wikipedia. Uh, granted, you know, that's, you know, that, that maybe that doesn't compete with Facebook as a business. But I'm telling you that what people don't like about Facebook is what's being done with their data. So if it became um, more of a sort of a centralized public resource, then I think uh, people would avoid these problems right now. The issue is that it is a business. So people are very concerned about, well, what are you saying in this business? Should, you know, what should you be allowing on here? What should you be not allowing? Um, Et cetera. So, that's uh, that's the issue. So from the chat room, uh, forty six states. This is obviously going to be a slightly older quote because uh, another state has signed on. Uh, forty six yeah. states plus Washington D.C. and Guam join the lawsuit, leaving Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and South Dakota as the only states that didn't sign on. So one of those four obviously has since then. So it's down to three of those four. Yep. See, I was just curious if California, which is Facebook's home state, was was doing it. And obviously, yes. Uh, I had suspected so because uh, California was the first uh, non-Republican run state to join on to the Google suit, uh, who is also based yeah. in Cali. So. I, I had suspected yeah. that California would be involved in it. So Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and South Dakota, three of those four are, are still out in the cold as of today. I don't know which one is not. <laughs> uh, but it's it's an interesting mix uh, of, of states there. Uh, like we said, will anything come of it? I don't know. Um, the, the, the greatest thing that will probably come of it will be Hopefully, will be um, that the FTC will be, and maybe even the SEC will have uh, a more 
detailed look at future acquisitions since they're now all aware of what's happening or what they believe to be happening at the organization. So, you know, if nothing else, uh, that will probably come of it. So. This week's DRM Not Included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, you have a ton of other benefits as well, including free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TVs, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free subscription on Twitch with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. You can uh, learn more about these features, get quick links to those features, if you're not a subscriber, you can get a free 30-day trial, and we even have the ability to give it as a gift for the holidays, and all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So this week was um, uh, uh, Disney's big investor presentation, and as part of it, we learned a lot of information about the current state of the company and the future particularly when it comes to Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Plus launched just over a year ago. Uh, this is its 13th month in operation, uh, and its first year was very successful. Their most pie-in-the-sky estimations for subscriber growth was that in 2024, they would have 90 million subscribers. They believed that it would be somewhere between 60 and 90. Uh, this week, they announced that they are currently at 86.8 million. So they have almost beat their five-year five goal in 12 months. Pretty impressive. Um, with that kind of growth and the added uh, to the lockdowns, uh, Disney Plus is a big focus for the company. And with that, we see uh, a lot of new content, a lot of it intended for Disney Plus. A lot of it coming from to the two big camps, Marvel and Star Wars. On the Marvel side, uh, we had some information about a couple of shows, um, and we got some uh, kind of more firm information on those. Uh, we know that WandaVision is launching on January 15th. Uh, we found out that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming on March 19th, and that Loki is coming sometime in May. So we have kind of the first six months of the release schedule uh, for 2021 for, for Marvel nailed down. Uh, some of that we knew, some of the stuff that we didn't know was uh, details on She-Hulk. We knew that that was somewhere in the works. Uh, we now know that um, Tatiana Maslany. Maslany, that's what I was going to say. So that works out well. Of Orphan Black. Of star of orphan black uh she will be playing jennifer walters aka she hulk and more interestingly uh mark ruffalo will be the hulk slash bruce banner and tim roth uh will be abomination now here's why that's interesting abomination appeared in the edward norton film uh and then that was it and, and uh, so that character from that actor will be back with the new 
Hulk. So that that'll be. What, but it's still part of the MCU. Yes, that that absolutely. movie is, is yeah. MCU canon. Yes. So uh, Edward Norton and William uh, Hurt from that movie has been in a bunch of movies. So yes, Edward Norton and Mark Ruffalo are, as far as the MCU is concerned, the same person. Uh, they are the same yes. Bruce Banner, the same Hulk. It's just it's just fun yes. that that this will be the 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 actor crossover that that you know somebody from the original MCU Hulk will finally will be interacting in a Hulk branded thing <laughs> interacting with the new Hulk so that's kind of that's kind of fun um those aren't the only uh people we'll see um we'll see uh Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury again yeah that that's the one i'm looking forward to the most secret invasion yeah Yes. Yeah, that, that looks like a lot of fun. That, to that one. Uh, we'll see Don Cheadle as uh, War Machine in Armor Wars. And we will see the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise in, yes, I'm going to say it and I apologize, a Christmas special. Fingers crossed it will not be anything like the Star Wars Christmas special that even uh, George Lucas <laughs> tries to pretend exactly. did not exist. <laughs> Yes. Uh, he went out of his way to try and purchase all outstanding copies yes. of that disaster. Didn't work. Um, uh, but the thing that I know a lot of the 3000 Brigade, uh, including myself, are excited for is the return of the Fantastic Four under the Marvel brand within the MCU. Fingers crossed that this time, <laughs> with Marvel in charge and not Fox in charge, um, they'll get it right. The, the first two were okay. The second... Yes. The last one was an abomination. Yes. <laughs> the second one was... The, the, second the last one was, was so bad. It was so bad. It was hard. Like, it, just don't don't watch it. Like, I, you know, like it came on, I think, cable or something. I watched... I forget how I got to end up watching it. I didn't, didn't pay to watch it. Uh, it was really, really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a it's kind of a horror movie almost it's like it's not it, it, it's certainly a, it's it's a view of the fantastic four that's for sure yeah um yeah it yeah. was a very so different take I, and you know uh, interesting i'm gonna bring her up again uh joe uh she is a a big fantastic four uh she had fantastic four on her shoes for her wedding like <laughs> fantastic four is a big part of of her personality so she's uh excited about a marvel take and not a fox take on yeah on I, the characters I, I mean we should this is this has been a really big news time for uh for superhero movies right and mm -hmm. superhero shows the uh previously we learned and i think this is this was through sony not through disney but it's still an mcu movie that like spider-man it this the Spider-Man three, the third Spider-Man movie is going to have like a crazy amount of cat. I don't know if they're going to be cameos or, or on for longer, but they're going to have the two previous Spider-Man. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. uh, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. And they're going to have uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst and they're going to have uh, Alfred Molina, like all playing their old characters. Yep. Right, which, so which like will make them, which will make them all MCU canon. 
Yes, I guess they'll come from some alternate alternative universe, um, which they really hadn't done, by the way, in MCU before. Had alternative versions of characters. That's uh, alternative timelines, though. It's uh, it's what the Loki show, the series, is all about. Yes. Also, also, uh, there's going to be that. What if you another show coming? I think in June. Yeah. The cartoon, the What If show. Yep. It's you know what if certain things had happened, um, yeah they they mentioned a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff. Yes, I don't think anything was uh, was said about the status of Blade, which I would have liked to have heard. Yeah, um, which I know that they had signed up uh, someone to play him, so um, so I guess we'll see, but. That's crazy. And then there's the Star Wars side of it. Yes, indeed. Which is uh, certainly, I think, more in in your uh, side of the interest. Marvel is definitely more more on on my side. I've never been a huge Star Wars. Well, I, mean, fan. I, I love the Marvel. I love the Marvel stuff too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, silent Star Wars. Yeah. So uh, no Christmas special. Uh, but there is a there ton. was a Lego Star Wars Christmas special though this year I think I think you're right yeah um, but there's lots of other projects in the works uh, we're not going to cover all of them uh, but there will be some that are uh, animated some that are live action and then there's a droid story which is is kind of described as down the middle uh, what does that mean we don't know uh, but they did say that it will feature R2D2 C3PO and a new hero and then it'll be at the intersection of animation and visual effects but we don't know what that means yet um but a droid focused project could be interesting um uh one of the animated projects is the bad batch which is uh a series that'll take place uh following the clone wars and it will follow a group known as the bad batch Big surprise. Uh, as they, quote, find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Um, so it's essentially a slightly time-jumped time continuation of the Clone Wars, which was a very popular yeah. series, and a lot of people were upset uh, when it ended. <laughs> so... Uh, it looks like the animation yeah. style is very similar uh, based on what we've seen so far. So it's basically a continuation of the Clone Wars story, which I think is going to make a lot of people happy. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's the Obi-Wan show, which we had heard about before. Mm -hmm. Only the only, and this is kind of a mind blower. They're going to have Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader on the Obi-Wan show. Mm -hmm. So... So that kind of messes with canon a little bit because that means that Obi-Wan, and, and this is supposed to take place, I should say, this is supposed to take place 10 years after the, uh, the after Revenge of the Sith. So so before before Star Wars A New Hope, when, uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything for people who haven't seen the uh, Star Wars A New Hope, uh, Obi-Wan was supposedly hanging out in the desert for, you know, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. I guess he was out doing some stuff. 
and maybe and it seems like we're gonna find out what some of that stuff was yeah yes um uh we we've also got uh uh star wars visions uh which they say will be celebrating star wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators which sounds interesting it sounds like maybe it's uh anthology ish maybe we'll see different uh animation styles uh throughout the story which which can be interesting see different storytelling which would be similar uh to you know the the marvel what if right where we'll see different storytelling because we'll be seeing uh alternate versions of reality uh so that sounds that sounds potentially interesting uh that's about all we know about it, <laughs> that and its logo. Um, but that that could be interesting. Uh, but there's there's a ton of other stuff coming. A lot of it is publicly ill-defined. Obviously, internally, they know exactly where they're going with stuff. But publicly, the stuff is still pretty, pretty ill-defined. But that's okay uh, because it's a lot of content. And so... People who are, are big into the Star Wars universe will should be as happy as people who are big into the Marvel universe. Disney definitely uh, brought out stuff for everybody. With all of this content, of course, uh, will come a price increase in Disney+. Plus. It'll be a dollar per month. It's going up to eight bucks. Um, but they did announce a new bundle, uh, one that a lot of people have been crossing their fingers that would exist. Uh, the current bundle brings uh, Disney Plus, ESPN, and Hulu together, but it's the Hulu with ads, uh, and there's not an upgrade option to get out of the ads. Uh, so that has annoyed Hulu subscribers, many of whom pay for the without ads subscription, so they could not get onto the bundle. Good news. Uh, the new bundle there's a new bundle that has without ads. Uh, it is live. It, as of this afternoon, it was live on Hulu's website. Uh, it currently goes for $19 a month. But of course, when the dollar increase uh, to uh, Disney Plus comes, it will be coming to both of the bundles as well. So they will go. They will each go up a dollar as well. So early next year, it'll be 20 bucks a month uh, for the new bundle. But it's still way less if you subscribe to both of the services, it's still way less to do it this way than to subscribe to both of them separately. Plus you then get ESPN as part of it as well. So it's, it's still a pretty good deal if you want or have both services. So it was inevitable that a price increase was going to happen. Uh, there was no way it was going to stay at $7, <laughs> especially with all the custom produced content. There was no way it was going to stay that way. And they're, I think they're trying to prevent the backlash they got for the, what, 30 bucks for, for Mulan, even for subscribers. I think they're trying to prevent that with all this new content. So I guess it yep. is what I it mean, is. And you see that, that that model, I guess, didn't that model is now not considered cool mm -hmm. because not only did they get a backlash for it, but uh, as we discussed just last week, uh warner brothers with hbo max did the exact opposite you will not have to pay extra yep. to see wonder woman 
1984 on HBO Max. You will not have to pay extra to see Dune. Uh, so, uh, yeah, now that's huge, huge losses for Warner Brothers that was expecting to release those in theaters and collect money for them. Uh, but for uh, Disney, like this stuff is made for the streaming service. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's still. Um, they're looking I mean, at it way more Netflixy than than yeah. what Warner Brothers yeah. was looking at. Yeah. Now I don't even know how the extra dollar. I mean, this must be more than a billion dollars, easily more than a billion dollars worth of content to produce, right? I mean, I I remember reading just this week that Mandalorian cost fifteen million an episode, which is considered cheap, apparently uh so so let's say it's 15 million an episode let's say just for giggles uh that it's 15 million an episode for all of the live action shows that that disney is doing and i don't think they said how many episodes but let's let's assume that it's eight right mm -hmm. um so you know you have like falcon and winter soldier that would be 120 120 million I mean, each of these series that would is announced would be like 120 million, just for the, you know, one season. So you know, we're easily talking well over, you know, well over a billion, if not two billion dollars worth of content, and then you're raising the price a dollar a month times 86 million subscribers. That's if, twelve dollars a. If you if you round it to ninety million, just to make the math easy, it is one point oh eight billion dollars in revenue increased on the dollar a month change per year. Right. So one point oh eight billion dollars, and but they probably spent more than that on the content. But they also planned to spend that. That like they're announcing it now, but they knew that they were going to be doing this before now because a lot of this stuff has been in production. So it's already been factored into the seven. Uh, a lot of this. Yeah. Has. I I understand. I'm just saying that like you, the amount of money, especially like Netflix throws around a lot of money on yeah, producing original content. At a certain point, they might, might they decide like, hey, we don't need to produce so much original content because mm -hmm. we have these subscribers. Are they going to go some? Are they going anywhere? So, um, I mean, is there that much fear that people are going to cancel if there's not a great show every month? Um, it's it's definitely something. I don't know. It's definitely something we've talked about in in the past. You know what what is the driving force here uh, for for Netflix and now Disney's kind of in the same boat and HBO max is probably right behind them in that same place. What's the driving force to, uh, to, to keeping subscribers? Is it, is it constant new content? Is it the occasional single really high profile thing? I don't know, but they seem to, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, they seem to, yeah. Or I mean, they're just throwing wrong. money. I'm glad they're the spending the money. I'm glad they're spending the money. Cause I want to watch that stuff, but if you look at what they're what they're chart what they're charging it uh, supposedly to cover the cost of it, it it doesn't break even. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, they 
they seem to be content with it, so it must be making sense yep. uh, somewhere, or they wouldn't have dedicated most of the presentation to these two franchises, most of which is coming to Disney+. Plus. So they must be happy with where things are going. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live viewers. And uh, thank you to those of you who uh, gave us information uh, throughout the show. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, it keeps us from getting distracted and trying to live research while we're talking. Uh, so thank you. If you would like to join us live in the future, you can do that Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, there you can chat with us. Uh, give us your feedback on the topics or answer our, our questions that we pose to ourselves uh, during the show, which very helpful. If you're not able to join us live, that is perfectly okay. Uh, there are lots of other ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. You can go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows and all of the ways that you can participate. Um, in the coming weeks, there are some big changes that are coming. The there are a couple of parts to the website that are going to see a, a big overhaul. We've been doing some uh, some remodeling there uh, over the last couple of weeks. We're pretty excited to, to bring those out. Uh, we also have, I'm looking at parts of it now, we have uh, the new backdrop, which will premiere in time for the TPN virtual CES coverage, which will be uh, the middle of January, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. It'll get all built during our Christmas break, which speaking of the Christmas break, um, next Sunday will be our last 2020 show, uh, which is the 20th. Interesting. Uh, that will be our last show for the year because this room is coming to pieces. Uh, and we'll be back in time for, for next year. So uh, lots of things coming over the, the next month or so. All very exciting. So with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you back next week. Ciao.